Jordan Assembly of God, Sunday, September 16th, 2012. Pastor Greg Wolf. Title of the sermon, God, Do I Trust Him or Not? Part 4. Um, one of God's purposes for you, we've been going through this study, God, Do I Trust Him or Not? And this is uh, part 4, just basic summary. And um, one of the things that His purpose is so that we would delight in His will. Now this seems rather interesting right up to the point, we kind of spoke a little bit of this on Sunday school, this is rather interesting when um, God does not stop the knife from happening. And Abraham and Isaac, when Abraham was raised with the knife to sacrifice his only son, God stopped him. But that doesn't always happen, does it? In life, Life has is, life is basically taught us that knife doesn't always get stopped. And it's like, God, why do you let us? Now, here's the thing. Of, I've heard people basically say, you know, well, you know, that was, that was evil and God doesn't use evil. No. But God is in control of all things. He's either in control of everything or He's not in control of anything. You see what I mean? It, it, we cannot partition a portion of life and say, well, all the good things that happen, well, that's God, and all the bad things that happen, that's evil. Well, yes, that is true. God is not evil, thus He cannot do evil. But everything that happens in the earth, God allows. Silence. Mm-hmm. Everything that happens in the earth, God allows. He's in, like I said, he's either in control of everything or he's in control of nothing. So everything that happens, God allows. Now, there's sin in the world, there's decisions, people make choices, and people do things. However, everything that happens in the world, God has to allow. So you mean that uh, the car wreck where that happened, it's like whatever, um, whatever happens, whatever tragedy happens, it has to, I mean, it goes before God. Well, Greg, you're telling me that God is good. How in the world would he allow stuff like that? And I kind of spoke about this in the part. If God were to do always everything for us and make everything right, one, we would probably still rebel against him, and two, you know, we would literally have no choices. There would be no choices left. There would either be him or nothing because basically, you know, he would do it all. So in order for there to be freedom of choice, there have to be consequences for freedom of choice. When Adam and Eve chose to allow that knowledge of good and evil into it, the greatest knowledge, that word knowledge is the greatest knowledge, and evil is the word greatest evil that you can have. When you release something like that in the world, there are things that are going to happen. Does God know it? Yes, He does. Does He shed a tear when bad things happen? I will guarantee He does. When you go through, uh, the scripture says that it will rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. It will rain on everybody straight across the board. If it is not a particular thing. Um, and then we also spoke on the thing about where if you build your house on sand or you build your house on the rock, both places, you realize, get storms. So it's not saying if you build on the sand, then the storm will happen. It's if you build on the sand and you build on the rock, the storms are going to hit and it's going to happen. It's just if you build on the rock, you're going to have a firm foundation. So his purpose for you is to trust in him. His purpose for you 
um, and that's delight in His will with Psalms 44-8. through 8. These are things that we've just gone through. And a broken and contrite heart, which is what Psalms 51, 16-17 talks about. Didn't desire sacrifices, didn't desire all the, these things. He desires to have a broken and contrite heart. Well, Greg, what do you mean? That means when trouble hits, you turn to Him. When things happen in your life, you don't go away from Him, you get closer to Him. Anyway, but um, it is one of those things where we really need to learn to trust him in the good times and in the bad times. We need to be like Paul and Silas who looked at each other and said, you know, let's sing hymns after we've been beaten. And Greg, what are you talking about? You just want to go out and get beat and, you know, for Christ's sake and then go off and sing hymns? No, I don't want to go through trouble. Nobody wants to go through trouble. Nobody wants to have things happen. But reality is, is that things will happen. This world is a sinful world. It has sin in it. It has evil in it. You can't... It's going to happen. What do you do? I don't know. You position yourself as close to God as you can get. And then when life tries to convince you that you should separate yourself from God, then you stick to Him stronger. God, why do you allow this to happen? Why do you allow this to happen? Why do you allow this to happen? All good, valid questions. I say, be real with Him. Ask Him the questions, yes. But... When you end your questions, realize this, that you need to make sure you end with the statement, but God, I may not understand, but I still trust in you. Make sure that your foundation is in the solid rock and not built up. Don't take a corner of God and say, I can build my house on this foot of God's corner rock, and then when it, where it overhangs, I'm just going to fill up with my own knowledge and my own understanding. That's so very important because we have a tendency to do that. I, I realize I look in the mirror in my own life and I see areas where uh, my house is hanging over the edge of where God, God's rock is. Where I've allowed my own knowledge to say, no, no, God, I can fill it up, no problem, and I use sand. And then when storms hit and whatever, God says, you know that room that you built on that sand? I'm sorry, it's got to go. That habit that you have allowed yourself to have is built on sand. And I need a storm to take it over, to take it out. I've had many things removed from me in life, but every single thing that was ever removed from me in life was stuff that needed to be removed anyway. It didn't make it any easier. It doesn't make it, you know, it, it, you know, I still cried over the loss. But the things in my life that have made me draw closer to Him were hard things. And, I didn't, and my first reaction wasn't necessarily to draw close. My first reaction was to run away. That's honesty. When life hits... We have a tendency to run away. Some people run to alcohol. Some people run to old habits. Some people try to make their lives so dirty that they hope God would just never even have to deal with them or call them. Well, God won't do this if, if, I'm, if I am in the midst of myself. I have heard too many people who ran away from God and ended up having a prison ministry because finally they went to the end of the rope of how bad they could be and they were in prison and God got a hold of them and they led many people to Christ in prison ministry. 
Did they still have to suffer the consequences of their life choices? Sure they did. However, God still says, I have a call in your life and I'm going to pursue you until you come to the knowledge of me. Until you're willing to allow that room that you've built on sand to go away and you allow the house that is built on a rock to become your living place. We also went through His purpose for you is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And in order to love Him, you must obey Him. If you love me, don't just say you're sorry. I tell my kids this all the time. Don't, don't, just, don't tell me you're sorry. Show me you're sorry. Show me you're listening by actually obeying. That you're actually paying attention to what, I ha- what I'm telling you. I mean, isn't that what God kind of comes to us and says, yeah, just don't, just don't say you're sorry. Just don't give me lip service. I want to know that you, in your life, that you're going to hit closer up to me. And so God is just this awesome carpenter, and he, he finds a boat, us, that is all leaky and has a bunch of holes because we've used duct tape and, you know, gum. Nothing wrong with duct tape, but I'm just saying. Um, so, and he'll take the boat into dry dock, where this is the peaceful time, and he'll bring your life into a dry dock, and he will patch up the boat, he will sand it down, he'll fill in the gaps and whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then the next thing he'll do, he'll put you out into the middle of the ocean. To see if you'll float. And if you don't, if you make a mistake, well, guess what? Okay, all right, you deal with the consequences of your choices there. He picks you up, puts you back in a dry dock. And he keeps on working with you. And he keeps on working at you. And you're thinking, oh, my life is just all full of problems. My life is just horrid. It's, it's going through all these things and whatever. And God's just saying, no, 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 no. I, you're going through issues because I need you to understand to stick close to me. There's a purpose to everything that happens. Sometimes you know it, sometimes you don't know it. There's areas, uh, problems in my life, I, I still have no idea why that trouble hit me. I have no, I have no clue. Do I trust in God? Yes, I do. Say, Greg, why do you trust in God? But because, you know what? He's awesome. I can't explain it. All I can say is that his, he has proved more than worthy for me to put my trust into him. That's what I can say that. How do I know? Because all the troubles that I went through and his grace and mercy when I ran away from him and he did not let me get too far, but then he grabbed my life and he brought me back to him. I'm sorry, I made way too many mistakes in my life and he says, Greg, I got you, no problem, come back to me, boom, there you are. Was that an easy trek? No, there's a lot of things I had to work with. A lot of anger, a lot of bitterness, a lot of, lot of hurt, a lot of pain, a lot of, God, why did you let that happen? I've been through that, I've been there. I'm not standing up here saying that this is an easy trek. I'm standing up here saying that it is a trek that's the only way that's going to work. Are you always going to be okay with things that happen in your life? No, I'm not offering okayness with everything that happens in your life. What I'm offering is the fact that God never leaves you nor forsakes you even if you don't see Him. He's still there. 
David says that if I make my bed in the depths of hell, you are there. So don't think that you can just run away from him and just say, oh God, I'm going to forget you and blah, 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 blah. Uh -uh. He's going to go over there, he's going to reach you over and he's going to say, "All right, now are you wanting to trust me? Because if you trust me, I'm going to walk you through this trouble. When, When big things hit, when little things hit, medium things hit, tires keep on popping on you. Jim and I were talking about the other day, his driveway is just a nasty, nasty little thing and frustrations of tires going out all the time. And he was frustrated. He was honest with me. He said, I'm really frustrated. This is, this is, this is taking me to a level because I'm like, I, you know, and it costs money and it takes time and I can't do the things that I want to do. And, and, and I'm like, that's a frustration. We prayed about it right then and there. God says that he, he doesn't say that you're not going to have problems. What he says is he's, he's going to walk you through them. The next series that we're going to actually be talking, this is all preparation, trusting God. You need to have a trust in God in order to actually truly understand what it is. And the next series that we're actually going to be talking about the next series, I don't know how long the series is going to be. The kingdom of heaven shall be like. There's many statements that Jesus made, many, many things that he made, that says the kingdom of heaven is like. The verse I would like for you to turn with me to is, or is Matthew chapter 5, or 25. See, trusting in God and allowing him to actually plow that way Jesus really, really, really does prepare us and asks us to be prepared. 25, 1 through 13. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept, and at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should be not enough for us and you, you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Wash, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. We're going to be going through this series. We're going to be talking more in detail. I'm not going to go through it today. But... Everything that we have gone through, all the steps, the God, do I trust you or not, the moving of the Holy Spirit, the, um, the fear of God, every single thing is preparing the way. 
Jesus came into this world and he had one goal in well, he had a couple goals in mind, but two primary goals in mind. One, he's going to sacrifice and he's going to make the way, prepare the way by his blood. And two, he was preparing our hearts so that we can actually go and walk that path to God by a living example. And all these things that he's actually saying about trusting God, about how he trusted him. When he was in a town and he had flocks upon flocks of people just gathered around him saying, oh, you're just so awesome, you're so great. It made a statement in the scriptures that said that there were so many things done there that it would take volumes upon volumes of books to write all the things that he did in that one town. And so all these people are coming to him saying, wow, Jesus, you're just awesome. And they're at the front door saying, where's Jesus, where's Jesus? The disciples finally find Jesus and Jesus says, pick up, we're leaving. No, why? You got people, you got supporters, you got people right there that you can, that, that you can get underneath. Why would you pick up and leave? Because that's exactly what God asked him to do. His trust in God was greater than what he saw with his fleshly eyes. We need to learn to trust in God. We need to learn and, and have God teach us and take us down the pathways of trust and walk us in that. I don't want to get up to heaven and get up to the gates and say, have God look at me and say, depart from me, I never knew you. I don't want my friends, my family to get up to the gates of heaven and say, depart from me, and God say, depart from me, I never knew you. We need to have that in our heads of, God, I want to trust you in this. Show me what it means to trust you. Show me what it means to rely on you. Show me what it means to walk in your path. Teach me what it means. Let us not rely on our own understanding of Scripture, but let us rely on the understanding that God gives. So that when we walk, we do not walk with our own strength, but we walk in God's strength. And when we walk in God's strength, Wow. You know, I'm still walking that. I'm still going up to God saying, God, please teach me. Please help me. Please let me learn more of you because every single morning is a new day to learn. If you're waking up in the morning thinking, wow, this is a really boring day, or wow, i got to work on so many cattle and I'm so busy and whatever, I would like for our thoughts, mine included, to be the first thing when we wake up, what new thing can I learn from God today? What new thing does God want to show me today about how good He is? Because I believe that every single day, God wants to show how good He is and in every single thing that we go through. I think God is screaming out, trust in me, I'm just really that big, I'm really that great, you can do this, and I'm going to walk you through, just look to me. Let me walk. Let me guide you in that pathway. Your relationship going through problems? God's crying right there with you. Your relationship great? God's rejoicing with you. God wants to be with you every single second of every single day. And all we have to do is just recognize it. Lift up that prayer. Thank God. Live a life of thankfulness. Live a life of praise and prayer. 
and seeking that teaching. That's my encouragement. But we're going to be going through that series, um, The Kingdom of Heaven is Like. And uh, we're just going to be going through, there's several, there's several parables, there's several passages that we're going to be studying. Because I believe that Jesus obviously had a reason to tell us, to liken what heaven is like. Likened unto these people, compared to these people. It's interesting. I think Jesus really opened up some doorways. And as the Spirit reveals, I think we're going to learn more and more about just who God is, how wonderful He is. That's pretty cool. So anyway, blessings.